It's not April yet. We can't have a tax episode. Okay. As much as we want, we can never have a tax episode. I mean, is there any type of literature that's dedicated to being about taxes? Mm, there's got to be some the great James Joyce tax novel. <laughs> actually, <laughs> no. <laughs> actually, no. It's not James Joyce, but actually, Infinite Jest is set at the IRS. Mm-hmm. I mean, but does that really count, though? Maybe it doesn't get more taxes than I earn in the Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations! We've been recording for the past like three minutes. Yay! So uh, this is episode fifty-seven, by the way, because I did look on Podbean. Yeah, oh, la- last Podbean. episode was 15, yeah. 56 because we couldn't figure out what it was. Uh, it's episode fifty-seven, and it is March, so it is Reading Month. It's also season three, episode two on three two twenty three. Yeah. Oh my god, it is! Yeah, it is. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it won't be coming out on that date, but that's the but recording like, it's, day. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's reading month. So yeah. to celebrate reading month, we thought we would discuss um, our favorite kids' books, kid books that we read as a kid. So not exactly <laughs> kids' books, because when I was a kid, my favorite book was Harry Potter, and I devoured in third grade the entirety of Goblet of Fire. So therefore, <laughs> I mean, it is technically a kids' book. It was published for children. You're not, and wrong. you were not. The only third grader, I'm sure. I was not, but I was also that third. I'll explain the story later when we discuss our favorite books. Yes. Uh, first, I need to know what Tony's reading. Uh, actually, I'm reading a book called... Oh, I'm listening to the audiobook. Um, he Who Fights with Monsters by... <laughs> the author has a really cool pseudonym. The pseudonym is Shirtaloon. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's what it is. Uh, but the author's actual name is Travis Deverall. Um, mm-hmm. And it's what is known as a lit RPG, which is a genre that I'm... A lit RPG? Yes, it's a genre I'm being inducted into because, um, well, my partner listens to them all the time. And he was just like, you need to... Try one of these. I want you Explain to read this book. Explain what a lit RPG I is. I will. So a lit RPG, if you're familiar with RPGs, yeah. you know that it's basically, you know, you have this character that you create and your character goes into this world that's a game mm-hmm. and they are made new by whatever they encounter in the game. Right. Um and their stats and all that kind of stuff. Well, the lit RPG is literally that, but in book form. Ooh. So you have a character that's not you, the player, playing the character, but you, you as the reader, are reading the character. And so the character goes into the into this video game world, mm-hmm. and the literal stats are are written out into the thing. So your character like grows, like instead of your character just having a character arc or growing or changing. They still do, but with stats involved. Like the last three chapters I just read, the adventurers in the book are talking to Jason, our main character, and they're like, look, if you're going to be an adventurer and hang with us, Mm -hmm. you need to get this magic thing under control. And so they like pour a whole bunch of magic into him. Just to like, sh- like walk him through, because he had he's leveled up to a point where he's got all this loot. Yeah, and so they're like, "Oh, 
Yeah. So basically, they level him up. That's what they do. Like they, they, you spend three chapters with the, the adventurers leveling him up, mm-hmm. but they don't call it that. Like they don't say, "Oh, you're leveling up." They just that's but that's what they're doing. If you're familiar enough with RPGs, you're like, "Oh yeah." And the literal stats. They're making him grind. Yeah, and the literal stats of every single like potion that he takes. It's called essence in this book. But that like it's it's available for him to like see before he takes it. But he's still, like, he doesn't understand magic. He doesn't understand the world. So, like, they're having to, like, talk to him, like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't take that one yet because if you do that, you're going to end up becoming a vampire. And he's like, cool, vampires are real. And they're like, yes, and we'll kill them because they had to face down a zombie apocalypse because a vampire got loose for too long. And I was like, first of all, that's a really cool way of playing with vampires that I've never thought of but also imagine being like puny human you and having a bunch of actual adventurers who survived a zombie war mm-hmm. tell you take that potion and we'll knife you <laughs> like i mean it's it's like when you're in the middle of skyrim and you're in dawnguard and you have that option to become a vampire yeah and you sit there and you have to go well do i want to become a vampire and get all this extra power but knowing that if i walk back after I do this to my group that I literally just joined and went, hey, what's up, guys? They're going to knife me in the back. It's a great... Immediately. It, yeah. I originally went into this thinking, oh, I'm either going to really hate this or it's going to be kind of mediocre. But my partner has good taste, so I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do if I hate this. I love it. It's actually really, really good. I may have just gotten you so know, a good... Genre. Yeah, and I may have just gotten a good one. I mean, I'm sure there are bad ones, but like... It, the the he handles all of the story stuff really really well mm-hmm. and it sort of forces you to think like oh yeah that's exactly how i would feel if i went into an rpg or like that's what one who's had our lived experience mm-hmm. relatively would experience it's not like plugging in and playing your favorite game no you actually just killed that person <laughs> <laughs> you know so anyway that's what i'm reading I really like it. Great. Great. Uh, I am reading Everything's Eventual by Stephen King, which is a collection of short stories. Um, yeah. Which apparently, I don't know if it's a joke or not, but he kind of, how did he randomly decide the order of um, of, of stories? And, 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 and anyways, <laughs> like, like he just had a bunch of stories. And he, oh, and he, 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 he did some random generator thing and he put on some random order. And Interesting. He, he joked the next, <laughs> in the introduction, he joked the next one was going to be decided by tarot cards. But I don't I don't know if he was. <laughs> to be honest, I feel like that'd be a hilarious way to write a book, though. Uh, Neil Gaiman literally wrote an entire short story, which is one of my favorites in his Fragile Things um, collection, that is a, literally his one of his good friends makes tarot decks and she handed him a deck and she's like write me a story and he did like every he'd pull a card he'd write a part of the story he'd pull the next card and write like like no, like how i feel like maybe combine it with the rpg element of the lit rpg thing so your character every time you come to a pivotal moment you pull a tarot card and whatever pops out <laughs> If you read the meaning of the card, that's going to determine how well the, the whole entire scenario is going to turn that's out. Genius. What happens next? I, I feel like that. it'd be funny. Yes. And I need to start doing that with my uh, Pathfinder character. Yes. Yes. I think that's... Uh, yes. So, um, how's it going? 
Good, good, yeah. good. Um, the, the second story in the collection, I think it's called like the Man in the Dark Coat or something like that. Uh, oh, is that part of his Dark Tower stuff, or is it just... I don't, I don't think so. Oh, okay, no, okay. unless I missed some weird reference. <laughs> but th- then again, I've only read the first two Dark Towers, so. Oh right, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, that that one's per- supremely creepy. Yeah. Um, there's another one where a guy is getting operated. He's about to have an autopsy done on him, but mm. they don't realize that he's still alive. Oh. And so that's that's, uncom- oh, that's uncomfortable to the max. Yes. It kind of has a humorous ending, but <laughs> without it spoiling does. it. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's going good so far. Okay. Um, I've never delved into his short stories really before. Yeah, I was going to say, have you read any of his, I mean, other than the two Dark Tower books, have you read any of his other fiction? Yep. Or? Uh, Pet Cemetery. Okay. The Stand. Oh. Cujo. Oh, okay. Cool, yep. cool, cool. And maybe something I'm forgetting. Yeah, see, I've only read, so I read On Writing because, duh, and I, it's great. Um, I read the first Dark Tower book, but I was, I was certainly way too young and not experienced enough of a fantasy reader to really like vibe with that because I was like this is not okay what are you doing where are these commas coming from I just, it wasn't my thing um, so I need to go back and start that one over again mm-hmm. but I did read Gingerbread Girl in his um, collection just after sunset and I immediately knew I was like you know what Harold Bloom's right he is a much better short story writer than he is an list, but they're different forms so it could just be you know it's amazing to me. It's remarkable that he continues to do both at the rate of speed that he mm-hmm. continues to do both. Like it's that's in and of itself is but ridiculous. I mean, he's not Neil Gaiman, but you know, he's, he, 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 what does that mean? It means that Neil Gaiman's better than Stephen King. Okay, and I'll have to read Neil Gaiman. Although the King fans can fight me over it, but it, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's to be honest, just I true. Agree with you. <laughs> but I've read more Neil Gaiman than I have Stephen King, so that's maybe mm-hmm. just. I'm not experienced enough or something. Anyway. I'm, I'm fairly unfamiliar with Neil Gaiman. Oh, uh, so ask me for recommendations. I've got... Give me recommendations, Tony. I will. After the show. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll <laughs> I was about to be like, please, after the podcast, <laughs> yeah, when I'll we actually have okay. not... All right. Yes, sorry. Oh, I was just, I was going to say, I, I have the big, huge, annotated version of American Gods, which maybe that'd be a good, uh, I don't know if that'd be a good one to start with, but, but uh, you, you, you give me. I feel like you would appreciate American Gods. I still need to read American Gods. I haven't gotten in there I've, but I know for a fact that I probably would enjoy it if I had the time. I've bounced off of it a few times too many, and I'm like, you know what, one day I'll get there, but, but you, I think, would appreciate it. You're an American God's reader, I can tell. Um, Famously, that is the book that has split his fan base the most. Really? Yep. There are are huge Neil Gaiman fans who hate it, and there are huge Neil Gaiman fans who can't read it. Yeah, exactly. See, I knew you... Yeah, you're an American God's reader. I can just tell. Yes. what are you reading? Um, To save myself from graduate school brain rot. um, (laughs) That's my new band. Graduate school brain rot. That's it. As someone who didn't even finish undergraduate. (laughs) Well, I mean, graduating in two months, so my brain is rotting. Um, So I decided to read a manga that's just kind of basically straight shot like the crackiest thing you'll ever read in your entire life <laughs> I'm just kidding but uh, it's called Cheeky Brat okay and Cheeky Brat yep okay. and basically the best way I can describe it in the smallest amount of words possible I will go in more into depth on what the whole entire thing is <laughs> but uh, black cat girl like that vibe 
pizza guy who's very much like that um, really over-attentive dog where as soon as you push the dog away, the dog is like, nope, hello, how's it going? I'm going to go right So basically you've taken both of my pets and reverse gendered them <laughs> yes. and put them in the same story. Got it. Yes. Got it. So the actual plot is uh, Yuki, she's a second year in high school at this point. So I think... American-wise, please put that at the equivalent of a junior in high school. Okay. Because uh, their first year of high school is our sophomore year of high school. Ooh. That's just how they do things. Well, that's a lot and then their education system, And then isn't their it? middle school goes from, like, I think, 7th to ninth grade. Like, if I do the equivalents correctly. Oh, okay. Um, so, so she is a second-year student. She's the manager of the school's basketball team, the guys' basketball team. And the only reason she's the manager of the team is because she has a crush on the guy who's a year older than her. Uh-huh. And so she wants to get closer to him. So she became the manager so she could become friends and then eventually, like confess her feelings this doesn't go too well when she finds out that he actually has a girlfriend and so she's like my entire life is a lie i hate this meanwhile there's a guy who's a year younger than her and he's kind of got like a delinquent vibe to him but he's not really much of a delinquent at all to be honest uh he she finds him to be the most annoying person on the face of the planet and every single time she's like, I need you to leave me alone right now. He's like, what's up? What's up? How's it going? <laughs> immediately, like, just, like, goes in and you're just like, I hate every single second of this. But I need to keep reading because I know it's going to just work out well in the end. But so far, he's not having too much luck. She's like, I'm going to throw you out the window. Because he's making fun of her for yeah. the fact that she joined the basketball team solely to uh, become friends with her upperclassmen and date him, but it's not working out in her favor. This reminds me of my um, my only bleach ship, mm-hmm. which is actually Ichigo with, um, oh, I forget the boy's name. There's a boy in his class who is obsessed with... He's obsessed with their whole friend group, but he's really obsessed with Ichigo. So every time Ichigo enters the room, he's just like, loses his entire mind. And I'm like, what the heck? But there's a hole in the Bounce arc sequence. This kid is attacked by Bounce and Ichigo is- Yes! Kago, yes. So Ichigo comes across the one with the brown hair. Okay. Yes. It seems like he's going crazy. Yeah. So Kago is headed home. Well, he's really just been hitting the head in the photo. I didn't. I didn't see the bat. So the bats are basically bleach vampires, but they attack Kago, and Kago is like literally breathing his last breath when Ichigo comes across him, and Ichigo like fights almost to the death this like it's the most dramatic fight scene and i was like if you don't declare your love by the end of this battle sequence i'm gonna be angry he doesn't because i didn't write it but if i had been writing it you knew it would happen. they would be together because it you know there's that every time keiko enters a room she goes like oh you again but i'm like look at that little look is that a little red in your cheeks oh my god yeah right exactly it's great it's fantastic but that's in my so universe just basically describing the whole entire merlin fandom merlin and either. yeah basically ichigo is by in my head and he just you know he just refuses to he's it. distracted by um what's her name or he may or he may because you know she's equally obsessed so he, he has to balance it out but i don't know you know it's his but like when we're talking about our favorite books as kids yeah what a transition <laughs> yeah right what uh, on, on the, uh, did you read did you read bleach bleach as a kid no 
<laughs> I watched it actually. Oh, if we're talking oh, about sure. maybe instead of like our favorite books as a kid, I watched Bleach as a kid. Oh sure, yeah. I was the type of kid who literally stayed up. Uh, nighttime. I was supposed to go to bed around like ten ish, yeah. which is right when Naruto ended. Oh yeah. But the next show right after that was actually One Piece, from. 10 until like I think maybe 10 30 10 45 or whatever mm-hmm. and then right after that they change it to, to uh, adult swim oh. and then adult swim the first thing that they would show you is either inuyasha or bleach depending on which day it was. oh yeah inuyasha. and I would watch both <laughs> religiously of course was this the age of Toonami or mm-hmm. okay oh, yeah. but this is the age of Toonami when it was in the evening because if you were a younger child you remembered you will remember that Toonami actually just used to be after school. And Toonami used to have Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Depending on which uh, year you were watching it, there was Tokyo Mew Mew on there. There was like mm-hmm. a whole Digimon was on there. There was a whole different slew of animes yeah, was, on there. It was different, yeah. And then that. they turned around, and once they started going into Naruto and things like that, <laughs> they would then turn around and they moved it to the evening so that way they could, they realized that it was like TV 13 at that point and they needed to move it back. I still watch it because there's a website that you can watch Toonami. Oh, that's kind of cool. They, yeah, they live stream, like, Toonami, like, the whole entire day. Um, <laughs> I will send you a link. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, but does anybody have any favorite um, books that they read as a kid? I made a list. You made, I, I noticed you made a list. <laughs> I walked in and the first thing I said was... Oh, no, he made, they made a list. Uh, and I was like, I'm not the only one it's that makes lists? It's called Toonami Aftermath. Yeah, no, I not I made a list of them because I remember them all and I have them all on a shelf. Mm-hmm. With the exception of two of the series because Why? Well, okay, so What is it? Um <laughs> in, I read Encyclopedia Brown and Amelia Bedelia, mm-hmm. like all of those books. Um, because they were my first exposure to library books. Technically, the Dr. Seuss books work. So we had, so growing up, I had Green Eggs and Ham and Cat in the Hat mm-hmm. in the house. And I remember looking at the pictures, wondering what they meant until, and this was before first grade. I just remember suddenly the letters made sense. Yeah. And that makes sense. then I started reading the stories and I was like, oh my gosh, these are really fun. And I just read them over and over and over again. And my mom took us to the library to get our library cards. And I sat and read. Dr. Seuss books while my cousin threw blocks at my head because she was confused as to why I would rather would read at the library instead of play with blocks. Um, because there are books at the library. Duh. Yes, she was a she was a, she's a lovely person now, but she was a violent child. Um, <laughs> um, and then I read like right after that. I got to Encyclopedia Brown and Amelia Bedelia because they were like they were my beginning readers because I refused to read Dick and Jane. I, like, I actually said no to, to Dick and Jane because I thought they were stupid. I actually never read Dick and Jane. Like We I, were handed Dick and Jane at school to read, but I refused to read them because I wanted something that was smart. <laughs> so I read Encyclopedia Brown and Amelia Bedelia. What you have to know if you do not read them uh-huh. is that they are easily the worst books in the world because they're the same thing over and over again. Like encyclopedia, yes. there are 25 Encyclopedia Brown books. And every single one of them, there's about, I don't know, four or five short stories. And they're all mysteries. Every single mystery in the book is the same 
mystery. But in this one, Encyclopedia Brown is finding the bully's shoe instead of the bully's hair clip. Like, it's all the same. Like, sometimes down to the scene where they're sitting at the dinner table and he's orating to dad. Like, you know how, like, in Hercule Poirot Mysteries, like, he'll, the common thing is for him to gather all of the people he's been questioning the whole mystery together in a room. So he can then reveal who it is in front of everyone? Yes, exactly. And that, that works geniusly in Hercule Poirot. Right. In Encyclopedia Brown, where it's at the dinner table with my dad, who's a cop, I'm going to tell him how I found Suzanne's hair clip. Stupid. <laughs> I loved them so much. <laughs> they were just, I don't know. See, I remember Amelia Bedelia, but I never read Encyclopedia Brown. You didn't miss anything. No, I, <laughs> like, pretty much when I was a kid, I grew up reading Amelia Bedelia, obviously. Yeah, I loved And then books. for me, it was either Franklin. Oh, I forgot Turtle. about Franklin. Yeah, I Franklin read those too. books. I read the Franklin books. The show was better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, because I religiously watched the show, the show too. So um, and then the Berenstein Bears. Oh my god. Yes. And then, um Yes. I forgot what they're called. It's like the little They're like the little brown monster characters. Monster. And I don't remember what they're little called. Little Critter? Yeah. Little yeah, Critters. Little Critter. I love those too. I read that. Yeah, number um Mercy Mayor. Then all of that then ended up going into Junie B. Jones. Oh, I was obsessed see, I missed, with Junie B. Jones. I miss Junie. I used to have every single Junie B. Jones book. Yeah. And then I tried to get into Magic Treehouse, could not get into Magic, Magic Treehouse, that but was I tried. Later. Instead, I got into Judy Moody, and then mm. that ended up going into, um, I also tried to get into Beverly Clearly, could not do it. Oh, I forgot about her. I read all get, of those books. Could not get, I read them. I just couldn't get into Ramona, them. Ramona, I read every um, single, I However, I was obsessed with Judy Moody. And then I was also obsessed with, uh, I don't know if we actually have any outside upstairs, but the Guardians of the Gahul tro- uh, series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. was my yeah, series up until when Warrior Cats came out, and then I was obsessed with Warrior Cats. Oh. I was on the playground playing Warrior Cats um, <laughs> in middle school. Uh, and then we started watching Naruto, and that all changed because then we were Naruto running all around the playground instead. <laughs> Um, if, but if I remember correctly, a lot of my reading capabilities, quite literally, my parents had a copy of the game Hooked on Phonics. And so I played oh. Hooked on Phonics religiously as yeah. a child. And my mom or dad would sit there and let me play Hooked on Phonics religiously at the same time that my brothers would sit me in their lap and play like Final Fantasy, even though I'm three in front of them. And so I learned how to read from watching Final Fantasy and Hooked on Phonics. I mean, it's a, it's a cool origin story. <laughs> that is my villain origin story. Grant, <laughs> do you have any favorite children's books? Okay. Um, I feel like in the earliest days of like picture books and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. There was a, yeah, yeah. There, there's kids screaming in the background. <laughs> How, how fitting! How fitting for this is a for library. We're allowed. Yeah. Congrats, welcome. Yeah. My childhood is filled with screaming too. It's like it all works out. So, um, so we, a few that come to mind are um, I, I can't remember. I, we had, we had a, dis, a long discussion about him on the uh, picture. Didn't we have a picture book episode? We did. We did? Have a picture yeah. Book um, I edited that episode too. Frog and, to- Frog and Toad and that series. <gasps> yeah. And, Especially Owl at Home. 
I really oh, yeah. enjoyed Arnold um, Lobel. Yeah. Arnold Lobel. And then when I got like slightly moving up into not quite chapter books or whatever, I really enjoyed the Geronimo Stilton series. Oh, nice. Those are always fun. Yeah. Um, Goosebumps. I was uh, always too scared to read Goosebumps. <laughs> I read Goosebumps so much. Yeah, Goosebumps I is good. saw a Goosebumps commercial Did you guys when it was the... first coming out, and I was like, I'm not reading those. Did you guys read the ones? And I'm just saying this, like, in general. Did you guys read the ones that had, had an actual character as the main character? Like, where it was all in third person? I read both. Or did you read the one where it was your choose-your-own-adventure book? Because that's the only ones that I read as a kid, and those scared the Everything else. Remember the uh, like Mr. Bones ride or whatever, like the yeah. skeleton. No, I hated part. the camp one. There was mm. one where you went to summer camp and you basically had I like heard about that. You had like a Jason like character chasing after you at one point. Yeah. And like depending on your actions, you just basically like died in the middle of the camp. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrifying. That's genius. No, oh. um, Arl Stein has a way with. I don't know how. You know, I write, writing accessible, yeah. yet still kind of creepy stories for kids. Yeah, yeah. I would That's like to suggest a couple different books because I had to BuzzFeed a few of them, so I mm-hmm. remember what they were. Uh, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible. No Good, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Yeah. I loved that book, yeah. Uh, that that one, one. Um, No David. I never read that one. I read I th- that one. I thought that was a newer. No, it's a trilogy, okay. by the way, because there's oh, three is, yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, he also read another... Uh, David Shannon, who is the writer yeah. of No David, he yeah. wrote another one, which I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but it's a bad case of stripes. Oh, we have that one. I have I, not read that one. I, I I enjoyed that one. I thought it was really good. I like his um duck on a you know human vehicle series. So duck on a bike, duck on a tractor. Um, duck on a, uh, yeah. Also, click clack move, cows that type. I love that. That is book. a classic. <laughs> I never read it as a kid, but I love that book so um, much. Also, um, one that I remember, and this isn't until I actually looked at the book cover and my brain automatically had one of those like, ha, ah, you read this book moment. Uh, five Little Monkeys Jumping on the Bed. Um, There's a book. It's uh, Eileen Crystalo. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember reading that one, and it wasn't until I looked at the cover that I remembered that it existed. Oh, Okay. Okay. I have vague memories of it. I have an actual funny story related to Frog and Toad. So that's the funny thing about, not the funny thing, the thing about my list is not only do I have a list of the books, but I have a story associated with all of them, which is why they live in my memory. Um, So Frog and Toad were books that my brother checked out from the library with his library card. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I should ask him, and he may not remember, but he, like always had a frog and toad book and i always was just like over there was my encyclopedia brown amelia bedelia like i'm not reading about frogs and toads like which doesn't make sense because i read my way through dr seuss so if you can read about you know sneeches what's the big deal about it but i was a snob so i was like i'm not reading i'm not reading those but there was a day when my mom she would do this especially on sundays because she needed to you know spend hours on the phone talking to bill not about collectors, but people, bill people. For some reason, I thought you were gonna like you like say somebody's actual name, like Bill Colon. I'm like, who, yeah, who is Bill Colon? Is this gonna be a whole? Yeah, yeah, no. she would, yeah, they were no. on the phone with Bill Nye. No. She would guy. she would spend whole Sundays just doing all the financial stuff and you know all that kind of stuff. That as grown up now, I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing. But at the time, I was just like, oh God, mom's on the phone and she's angry again. 
Okay. Something else. So the rule of the house was if mom is on the phone before breakfast and she's angry and it's a Sunday, that <laughs> means you're spending the whole day in the room with the door closed and you better not make too much noise. And the best way to not make too much noise was to read. My brother hated reading. So I wanted to read, but he would not let me read mm-hmm. if he didn't feel like reading. So I he I was like, well, you have to. And he's like, the only way I'm going to read is if you read, you know, this book with with me to me, whatever. And I was like, I don't want to read those. And he's like, well, then I guess I'm going to. Well, I don't know. I don't remember. But the point is, I ended up reading Frog and Toad to him. And I loved them. Like once I was reading them to him, I was like, oh, my God, these are so great. I don't even remember necessarily what I thought, except that I liked them. Mm-hmm. And now, like. I read one story yesterday just to see if I could read it for a story time. Um, they don't make great story time books, by yeah. the way. Um, but I like sat there and almost sobbed from the one story because the story isn't just it's called Spring and it's about um, Frog go, Frog goes over to Toad's house to um, wake him up for Spring and Toad, Toad doesn't want to wake up. Toad just wants to sleep. Toad just wants to sleep. Toad wants to and stay hibernating. As a, I understand. See, this is why yeah, I always but, identify with Toad. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> as a kid, I was just kind of like, it was a great story. Entertaining, did all the right things. As an adult, I'm like, oh my God, he's writing about depression. <laughs> because he is. And it's just like, Wow, how in the world could you make that? I mean, like, that's to me, that's a stroke of genius. I mean, that is amazing. But also, the coolest thing about Frog and Toad for me is that it, <laughs> the best library overdue, overdue notice that we ever, that I've ever gotten in my life, and it wasn't me, it was my brother. Um, <laughs> because I didn't, at that age, I didn't know that such a thing existed. Yeah. But what makes it even better is that we got the notice in the mail. A year and a half after the book was overdue. So just racking up that. Those yeah, so they randomly sent us this letter in the mail saying this book is overdue. They had a date saying when it should be due back and a date saying when it should have been due back. And I remember looking at that and my mom was so angry at my brother. But she didn't bring up the fact that it was due a year and a half before that. And I was like... How is she not noticing this? Like, I was like, am I the only one? I was like, it was due last year. Like, we can't, why are we going to return it now? And she was like, oh, we're going to return it. We, like, somehow found this book. I don't know how. (laughs) It's the mom powers that come with being a mom. Yeah, we, like, all three of us were digging around the house for this book. We found the book. We pile in the car. And we go down the street to the library and return the book. And the lady at the library was like, like super nice and thankful or whatever but kind of like blasé about it like almost a big deal but the entire time we were headed there my mom was fussing about the fact that do you know that people can arrest you for putting life for and I was just like mortified and yet cackling because I had all these images in my head of like my brother's gonna go to jail but now for a frog and li- book and now you work at a library and you understand why the librarian was just so blasé you were yeah, exactly. like exactly exactly it's like oh well yeah yeah, I'm like, oh, wow, I became that library. Okay, well, that works. So I have so. a question. Yeah. If you guys could read any one of the books that you really enjoyed as a kid, again, like, forget everything you ever know about it, but you can read it again, which one would you read? Only one. I might give you a leeway and let you pick a couple. 
For me, I think it would probably be the Madeline series. Oh, I never read those. Um, what what age group are we talking? It could be any, okay. as long as you were a kid. Um, probably before the age of thirteen, preferably, but yeah, you know, however you feel. But when I was a kid, I read. Uh, I was obsessed with her. By the way, mm. uh, Madeline. Um, and for those who don't know, she's. I, I think they live in like an orphanage convent type in deal. France right in yeah. France and there's 12 little girls and they're in like two straight lines and the one at the very end that's little Madeline mm-hmm. she's got like red short hair mm-hmm. and she wears yellow and the, there's a big giant book that's like a compendium of like a lot of the different short stories oh yeah yeah and so I had the yellow book and I read the yellow book oh. religiously and then they came out with a movie like an animated oh, film. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember and that. I was that was a big deal. Obsessed, obsessed. But also because you know she's a little girl, she had red hair. And I was like, I have red hair, mom. <laughs> I like this too. I want to wear yellow. And so you know, Aww. if I could read another one, it'd probably be that. Also, I would like to get my whole entire heart broken all over again by reading the original Warrior Cat series because. <sighs> this is a hard question because I own every book on this list yeah and that's the point of the question i know and i'm just like i i can i positive yes yes okay i'll give you some time yeah yeah um there's a few series but that that i could choose from like but i think okay okay um go down your list so uh similar to goosebumps american slash michigan chillers oh yeah okay jonathan um I imagine it would be very consistent now in quality. I don't know. I don't know how good they would be. It's surprising to but, go back and read some. But it's very interesting like. to just go back and read your childhood favorites, to be honest. <laughs> no, I, I I blew through the Michigan Chillers, though, as a wow. kid. Because I was like, hey, I live here. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, exactly. That's why like, everyone yeah. in my school yeah. read those books. And I was just like, eh. Um <laughs> The series of unfortunate events would probably oh. would probably hold up the best as like actual books sure. of the series I read mm-hmm. as a kid. Um also maybe the Bionicle series, although that has so many oh books in it. Probably, it would probably you read the Bionicles? I didn't read all of them, but um, there were like I dropped, of them or something. No, there's there's right? there's tons and tons of them. Because there's Okay. I forgot the, that there were books, but I just remember having the toys. No, the 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 toys are awesome, but the Lord. The other day, I found a video. Uh, uh, it's literally nine hours long. Did you find shot, a video essay uh, about it, lore? It, about the it covers the entire Bionicle lore from beginning to end. It's a whole thing, and that's what introduced me to world building. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so those are probably my three. I okay. didn't realize there was so much Bionicle lore. I feel like I have to read this. I remember fact, there was the TV show. There wasn't there wasn't a TV show. There was there's three anim, there's four animated movies. Oh right, yeah. There, yeah. there were there were a lot of um, animated commercials as well. Yeah, I remember those Bionicle commercials. I never got a Bionicle, but and, I remember. And by them. by the way, the second Bionicle movie um, pulls off like a good leader turning out to be evil far better than um, Episode Three does. So interesting. As a direct to DVD movie based on a toy line interesting there's more dread for yeah me, but well, yeah no that's that's i guess that was really serious. i remember there being a tv show <laughs> i don't i don't think there was but there were there were they were in talks of doing a tv show at, um, like, yeah. at like multiple points but it never yeah happened then what did i watch 
watch? What do I remember no, you probably watching? watched the commercials. Because no, because it was a full hour, shit. like a half hour long episode. There was the there was the Montanui online game, no. which is animated, and it's, oh, it's yeah. like a point and click adventure. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what it. What, I don't remember what it is, but okay. Anyways, what book would I? Okay, so uh, having given this some thought, I still don't know what it would be because here. So I read a book. Called Carry On, Mr. Bowditch. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yes. We also have it here. I'm trying to remember who wrote this book. I should have written it down, but I can look it up. Mr. Oh, yes. Jean Lee Latham. Mm -hmm. And it's a book about Samuel Bowditch, or not Samuel, Nathaniel. Jesus. Nathaniel Bowditch, <laughs> who is often referred to as the um, father of um, navigation, mm-hmm. um, because you know, as a kid, it, and it's it's so I, when I read it, I didn't realize that Nathaniel Bowditch was a real person, and that I was reading basically because you know they used to have these a lot. They don't have them as much anymore, or they do them now, but they're picture books. Mm-hmm. Whereas back then, they did like full on chapter books which are basically biographical book. novels like like kind of like the dear america like series yeah 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 like yeah exactly exactly like those so like i read this book only because <laughs> this woman named earlene jackson she was from detroit she went to my church um, <laughs> and she was she was one of those people that like if you ever like when you're a kid and you meet somebody like that mm-hmm. you will never forget that person regardless of what they end up becoming later in life or meaning to you later. Because I'd never met a woman who wore African, like, garb everywhere. Like, she lit it from head to toe. And she was from Detroit. She was not from Africa. She no, was not from an island. I've, I've she was, she was from, from Detroit. Yeah. But it, when I was a kid, she was the first person that I met who, like, every time she came to church, she head to toe in some kind of, like, she looked like she was coming to America every weekend. And it was amazing, because it was just like, and she was very forthright and very, like, she was that, like, mm-hmm. just one of those people. And she said, she, um, I think the other thing, though, is that she took kids seriously, which was a big deal to me as a kid, because adults didn't do that. Right. She would speak literally directly to you. Gave them handshakes? Yeah, no, I mean, if she, she would either give you a handshake or she would like upbraid other adults who were like, "Don't give that child a hug. That child told you no." Do you, I mean, like she was just. She's like, "Let's respect the children's boundaries." Yeah, like I love she that. was so cool in that way. So she said to me once, she was like, "I noticed you keep reading those same books over and over again. I don't remember which ones they were. They were probably Encyclopedia Brown." It was probably Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> yeah, and she was like, "She was like, when are you gonna read something that you can actually read?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like. You're smart. I know you are. How about you read something that's challenging? So she hands me Carry On Mr. Bowditch, and she's like, I bet you won't read it. Well, that's a challenge I have to. And I was like, really? It took me a month of Sundays. But it took me a month, and I, I, it was the first encounter with a book where, like, the first 100 pages of the book bored me to tears. Now, this is a 251-page book. That's me with any Dear America book. But no like the first 100 pages bored me to tears. And I was like, but I have to finish this book. I have to finish this book. And it really, 
pays off Mm -hmm. because it's just the story of this very small boy who's an orphan in pre not pre-colonial, but like just colonial America. <laughs> the thing about it's the oceanography. Yeah, now, right? yeah, and he and you follow him as he be, like joins this, you know, sea crew. It's basically Treasure Island, except the kid is cool because he learns math. Right. And he uses math to, to like do things like get them out of a storm. See that would have that would have pushed me off right away. But it, I, you I, I, you yeah. would think so. You would think so, except it was so compelling mm-hmm. that I wished just while I was reading that book that I was that good at something. Like I was like, oh, I want to be so good at a skill that I can get grown-ups out of trouble. Like that it, it's that like Yeah. It was amazing to experience that. And it lived, like, I only read that book once and because I had to give it back to her. Never owned it until a few years ago. And I remember when I went, when I was 19, I went to Boston Mm -hmm. for this, or, you know, that whole area for a class trip or whatever for three weeks. And we were in Salem. And the whole time we were in Salem, that whole day, I was like, there's this book. And I get what it's called I could see the cover but I could not remember the name of the book I could not remember the name so then we went to the House of the Seven Gables oh around the House of the Seven Gables it was nice whatever whatever then we went to this gift shop and right in the the front was of the it gift in shop, there? there was a huge display of Carry On Mr. Bowditch and I just I remember turning like I had this like weird like spidey sense thing happened on the back of my neck and I turned around and saw the display and literally almost physically passed out and I know this because the chaperone the mom that I was getting along with the whole time her son was cute so I was like I will definitely talk to you and they had money that's terrible but it's true Uh, (laughs) shout out to them (laughs) but she was she was like are you okay are you okay do you need food or something and I was like I don't know no but remember earlier when I was telling you I couldn't remember the name of that book and she's like "Uh uh-huh I was like it's right there she's like that's the book and it was the most amazing experience I think she bought me the book or I bought the book I can't remember it was like it was $7.99 I almost passed out on a school trip too but that's because I cut my thumb open with a fake knife (laughs) that's a complete change of topic yikes (laughs) no fun so yes to say long story short one day I will pick carry on Mr. Bowditch off my shelf at home and read it back okay. again but I haven't and I I don't know does anybody remember those uh, did anybody else except you know I don't know if you had to do the, because your school might have been a bit different uh, the reader tests like the, the AR reader tests yeah. no. no I never did them I'm familiar with them because I taught kids who did them but I feel like I did but I can't remember Here, here's the thing I remember doing those as a kid and having to read them specifically, mm. um, I tried reading the Dear America series for, and I absolutely hated reading the Dear America series, so I put it down. Yeah. Um, instead, I read like five nonfiction books instead. Nice. Instead, though, I because I just remember because we're talking about like our favorite series as a kid. A lot of my yeah. books were used in that format to try to be able to bol- bolster that. Yeah. Up until the point where I got to like third grade, I read the whole entire one. I think it was Chamber of Secrets. I read the whole thing, which constitutes, by the way, is 20 AR points. Here's the thing. We only had to do 12. (laughs) 
And so everybody else was like reading like their little tiny like, you know, like the Nat Geo like uh, mm-hmm. nonfiction books about specific places or things or like stuff like that because that's what they were reading or the little tiny chapter books. Mm-hmm. And they were only getting like maybe like three or four point one or two three or four points depending on what they were reading. Mm-hmm. So I read Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets and then I turned around and I took the test <laughs> at the beginning of the year. And my teacher looked at my mom and said, she can't do that. And my mom was like, so, how many points does she need? 12. Well, she got 12 points, right? Right. Then she can read whatever she wants for the rest of the year. <laughs> I love that. I love, yeah. But that yeah. was my children's book. I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> well, I mean. This was a very straightforward episode. It's true. I'm trying to think what... Oh, there's a question off the top of my head, and I don't remember. Well, I was going to ask uh, if you guys had to recommend one of your favorite childhood books, which one would you recommend to a child? I have frequently recommended The Chronicles of Narnia, and there is a kid who is reading her way through The Chronicles of Narnia, which is really nice. On your recommendation? Um, I think that she was heading in that direction anyway because they read the, I think they read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, mm-hmm. or were reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe at school, and I think her mom was like, do you know that? Like, that's like Tony's favorite books, right? And this girl wants to be a writer and a librarian. So. <gasps> So it was like, she was like, oh, have to read those. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad. And they're, I mean, you know, they're worth recommending. They're so good. I mean, you know, I still read them to this day. One, at least one of them every year. Um, sometimes I read two or three in a year. It just depends on the year. Grant, recommend a child's book. I feel like The Giver is a pretty good bet for anybody. Yeah, it's um, a great book. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, and even today, like, if they have experience with like Hunger Games or anything, and they, you know, they, you know, mm-hmm. the dystopian genre is more, it's bigger now. Um, mm-hmm. They could use that as a, you know, way in. Um, yeah. Plus, it's just a good book. It's a fantastic. So, book. I recommend everyone who's read the Hunger Games to cleanse their palates by reading a, be- a much better book, which is The Giver. <laughs> I haven't I've read actually, any of the sequels, but I've never actually read The Giver oh, ever so in my entire life. Good. It's so good. I, I think that's one of the books that when I was in third grade, they had they made us like pick a book to read. Oh yeah. And they like gave us a list and that was on the list. And majority of my classmates picked that. I did not. Yeah. I chose because of Win Dixie. <laughs> oh, that's a great book. I chose that one yeah. instead. Yeah. But then I also picked, I think it was to be honest, I don't remember if it was because of Win Dixie, but the other option I believe I picked was either that or Shiloh. Um, I remember. And that's because we got to watch the movies in class, and my best friend and I were absolutely obsessed. And we hated the evil character with every fiber of our being because we were obsessed with Shiloh the dog. <laughs> I remember reading Where the Red Fern Grows for school. Oh, and then we watched the movie. Oh. Then, like, tons of people were crying. We watched Talk oh. Everlasting. Oh yeah, that we did. We watched that as me. well. Yeah, fourth grade. That's a good book, though. Fourth I've never grade. We didn't have to read the book. We just got to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. But I watched it, and I was so upset because, like, <sighs> as your little hopeless romantic fourth grader is sitting there, just going, "I want them to be together," and then you get to the end, and you're like, wait, wait. "I hate everything." Wait, which one are we talking about? Tucker Tuck Left. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Freak the Mighty. No. Because oh. we watched that movie in school. And that was... <laughs> that was yeah. He 
he knew he was gonna die. Why are teachers mean? I don't know. Like, they, why do they show you I, stuff like I that? I think I remember <laughs> watching Freak the Mighty Two, but I think we also had to read it. We, we, we read both. We read we read and watched the movie as well. Yeah, teachers just kind of did that to us. It's where the, the one, collective trauma. So the one from. book that I am actually that I like, I will. I feel like this will be the la- the last book that I read in my life. Um, if I get the chance to know that I am dying, I will make that the last book. Yes, because not that not the book we were just talking about, but, the, but um, there's a book called Johnny Tremaine. Okay. That I was it was assigned for us to read in middle school. Mm-hmm. I think I was in seventh grade, and I <laughs> I. Strangely, I was a middle schooler with a much moxie. I uh, <laughs> said to my teacher, I said, you do realize that you have just recommended me something that I'm never going to read. I will fake the homework. And he says, and I will flunk you. And I was like, oh, yeah, only if I get caught. And he goes, I strongly suggest that you read this book because I really do think you will like it. And that was all he needed to say. Because... If he had said, oh, I, is he had like kept going down the track of like, oh, I will best you by failing you because you, you know, mm-hmm. then I'm like, I would have just kept, I would have just not read the book and then tried, attempted my, to cheat my way through the project. Mm-hmm. But when he said, I think you would actually like it, I knew he was talking to me as a reader. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a, I'll give it a go. I sobbed. There's a scene. It's a silversmithing accident. And that is all I'm going to say. I feel, I feel like... Go ahead. Well, well, I'll say what I feel like, and then you, you will say... <laughs> I, was I felt like you mentioned this before in the podcast. I probably have. I, it is the most... Because the, the, the smelting yeah. accident sounds... Yeah, no, yeah, it, it does. I was going to say, it reminds me of yeah. the time that I almost started crying in the middle of uh, reading The Outsiders in the middle of class. Because mm. <laughs> I reached mm. the whole entire daily... Uh, com- like plot point if anybody's ever read the books right. honestly the, the, the giver or the outsiders would be a good like- so spoiler mm. alert there's a section so the section that I'm talking about is one of the main there's three technic- there's multiple main characters but there's three main characters that the whole entire thing really follows mm. so it follows Ponyboy obviously mm. um, he and his friend Johnny run away with the help of Dallas Dally because um, there's kind of like a east side, west side type thing going sure, on at this sure. moment. And it's the poor kids versus the rich kids, yeah. as you do when you want to do a classist, like, uh, example. Yeah, right. And so uh, they get jumped by the rich kids, and they accidentally kill one of them in self-defense. But these guys are 14, 15, and they have absolutely, like, no idea for the fact that they're prob- probably going to get off on it. Or, mm-hmm. like... They have, like, no idea. So they're just like, oh, my God, we just killed somebody. We need to leave right now. Mm -hmm. So they go. They run away. They're in an abandoned church Mm. for a hot bit. Mm -hmm. And they I'm sure that goes perfectly well. Yeah. And one of the characters comes and Dally comes and, like, like, gets them. And they end up um, coming back to the church. And the church is on fire because they left cigarettes in the middle of the church. Like you do. Yeah. And so it ends up with some not nice things happening to one of the characters. That character ends up dying and Dally in a fit of whole entire rage because he's just found out that his favorite person has just died. Hmm. Goes and steals from one of the local stores and then runs off. 
as they're calling the cops mm-hmm. and uses the cops as a way to just end everything at that point. And if you watch the movie, it's kind of sad, but like in the book, it's really heart wrenching because you're just like, oh my God, this is the point of view of a 14 year old watching this happen. And you're like, oh no. This bonkers. Things escalated quickly. Things escalated <laughs> really quickly. I yeah. want to end this on a nicer note though. So I want to know what Tony pulled out of the jar. Yeah. Twizzlers or red vines? Why? Oh, that's. Somebody's gonna have to explain the difference to me. Twizzlers are better. Twizzlers taste better. Um, I can get the whole entire dynamic for this question though. Is red vine the one that comes apart in the little strings? They both do. They do? Yeah. Yes, but I think red vines are like designed to be easier. Mm. Red vines than... are a little bit more off brandy. Uh, the whole entire joke is though, is that it's a Star Kid joke. Oh my god. <laughs> because there's a whole Yeah. I don't know if they went off like that, but red uh vines. <sighs> red vines. Yeah. Also you're more of a red vine. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, I think they, I like the taste. They, I, they, like they, they, Twizz- I like Twizzlers just a little bit more because they're sweeter. The taste reminds me of Swedish fish, maybe. Or maybe I'm just misremembering this, but... They well, do t- they taste like Swedish But fish. you know what beats all of this Swedish is fish. The, the Twizzlers with the uh, the fruit filling. Fruit. Yes! The best. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, that just solos the whole entire Agreed. thing. I was about to say, yeah. like, man, they do yeah. taste like Swedish fish. So. That's why I don't like either of <laughs> them. I love Swedish. When fish. I was, no, I love those. When Star Kid basically was really popular, and they did the Harry Potter musical, um, essentially there was a whole entire joke about red vines in there, and so everybody. Oh, there was yes, there's yeah, a red. So vine everybody vine. who ever watched like that was obsessed with red vines for a hot minute, and then I tried to be just as obsessed with it, so we could make the joke constantly in the middle of high school. And we would literally carry around a whole entire sack of red vines. Mm-hmm. But as I grew older, I realized I just didn't like the taste of them. And so I just carried around Twizzlers instead. Red vines taste like that glass of wine that you wish you hadn't ordered. But you already ordered it and you started to tap and it's too late. I guess I'm alone in <laughs> maybe, maybe we should put some of those characters in the next episode. Oh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to next week's episode. (laughs) The readers have the readers, the listeners have absolutely (laughs) no idea. Our listeners who are also readers, Um, yeah. I I, I think they're gonna like next episode the most. Throw Captain Ahab in there. Yeah. Oh, now I have to type that that out now too. Listen, you already had me add. Who did you have me add today? Tim Allen from Home Improvement. Oh my. <laughs> no, listen, listen, listen. And this is just a little like teaser. Teaser. Listen.